0: Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show. In the second episode of Supernatural Stories, we first heard true tales of haunted houses across Canada. I was amazed at the number of stories that poured in after I posted in Winnipeg and Montreal asking for tales of hauntings. In this episode, we'll hear more stories of ghosts and unexplained phenomena. The word poltergeist from German means noisy spirit. It is a ghost that is capable of interacting with objects, moving them, throwing them across rooms, the sort of things that Cheryl experienced on a daily basis in an episode four attributed to being the actions of her old man deceased. Poltergeists also can focus on individuals and haunt them regardless of the location, not limited to just swinging open a house's doors or turning the lights on and off. I'm going to use the word poltergeist fairly loosely, so I hope I don't get reported to the paranormal authorities on this. By the way, I wonder if that could be a valid defense in court. I swear, officer, a poltergeist did it. I spoke to Vanessa over the phone from McGregor, Ontario, about an angry ghost that haunted her childhood.
1: I grew up in a little town called Gesto. It was really forested and it was developing. We had to clear land to build our house. Most of it though was unusable because it's marsh. One day my brothers, they're exploring back there in the forest and they found some old tombstones. That's when it started. I was about five when I began seeing people standing in my room watching me while I sleep. There was this one time where my mom and me were in the living room. And one of our vases crashed to the ground. My mom went to go pick it up again, and then a porcelain doll fell. And she went to go pick up that, and the vase fell again and smashed the floor. So we were getting pretty creeped out, and we went to the kitchen. And one of our picture frames smashed to the floor as well. And the shelf underneath this picture frame with all the knickknacks on it fell too. My nana was convinced that we had a negative spirit in the house. She came over and read Bible verses, and I'm pretty sure it just made it worse. It was around summertime, and I decided to sleep in our cool basement with my dogs, So I thought I was protected, because you're a kid, you think your blanket is around your feet and you're safe. I had this really weird dream. There was something there telling me to get up out of bed and go to the patio door. I could see myself doing this exiting the house and going into the dark forest. There was this little tiny wartime house in the forest. It was all boarded up, and I crawled into it, and there was furniture covered in white sheets, and this little girl was sitting in it, and she had this doll made to look just like her. She wasn't exactly talking to me, but... Through her mind, she was telling me that she had died from an illness and that her house had flooded from the marsh. and She was basically left there. When I re-entered my body in the dream, I woke up immediately with my dog growling, the lights flickering, and this girl was standing above me, her hand over my forehead. She was deformed, almost like a skeleton. And that was extremely traumatizing to me because I was only six. It was so scary. We did move from the house, but it seemed like it followed us. For example, doors opening and closing on their own, things being tossed at me, our recycling bin, the contents in it exploded upward and outward like they were thrown everywhere. Two incidents that recently happened that really freaked us out. My partner and me, we were sitting on the couch. We were watching a TV show, ironically supernatural. <laughs> the controller was sitting on the coffee table You know, it was pretty far away from us. And it decided to rewind this one part in the episode where an actor says to the other actor, is she with you? Is she with you? Is she with you? Is she with you? Then my partner described this pain down his arm, so we looked and it was this giant scratch. And we went into the dining room and the lights started flickering. I just instinctively yelled out, leave him alone. The next incident, this is like the last incident, because it was pretty recent, was in my mom's room. In her closet on the top shelf, neatly stacked, was these picture frames and porcelain dolls. Out of nowhere, we heard a smash. We went up there to investigate, and these picture frames and dolls, it was like they were tossed and just smashed all over her room.
0: I don't know about you, but I got the goosebumps when Vanessa described the rotted, damp corpse girl who haunted her. Horror films are loaded with scary ghost children. Just think about the most famous example, The Shining. The scariest ghosts you see in that film are two perfectly innocent-looking little girls. This next storyteller also tells about the ghost of a small boy who haunted her house. You heard Lauren in the last show, episode 5, Haunted Schools and Auditoriums, she told a story about the haunted Walker Theater in Winnipeg, now the Burton Cummings Theater. I spoke to her over the phone from Winnipeg.
2: I had moved into a house in Wolseley that had been split into a duplex. All of a sudden little things started happening around the house. Like I decorated the Christmas tree and I'm like, oh, I need more blue ornaments. I went to the store to get ornaments and came back and all the blue bowls off the gifts were on the bottom half of the tree. But halfway up and I just kind of stopped in my tracks and was like, I didn't do that. And then um, things happening like blacksmith nails showing up inside my boots, like not through the sole, but like in the shoes and stuff. One night, it was between Christmas and New Year's, I was sitting in bed looking through a magazine with the light on on the nightstand. I could hear all these noises coming down the hallway and I kind of froze. My mom had bought me a walk and it didn't fit in any of the cupboards, so it was sitting on the stove and I could hear it rattling on the stove. And all of a sudden the doorknobs, which was open, didn't make rattling noises. And all of a sudden, a little boy ran right out past the foot of the bed. And I could see he had shaggy, wavy hair. And I could tell whatever he had on had a collar on it. And I could see that it was dry. And it was transparent but gray. And he just kind of disappeared off the end of the bed. Like, once he passed the bed, he was gone. A few years later, when he started acting up quite a bit, I would see him all the time. In the middle of the day, I would see him run through a room and I'd shout at him (laughs) because we had an agreement that he wasn't gonna scare me or show up or do things anymore. I had a boyfriend that stopped at my home when I was working out of town that heard walking above him and he came upstairs and he was like, hello? My friend Heather kept seeing him out of the corner of her eye all the time and she's like, I keep seeing a boy with striped pajamas. When I went to my friend Christine who's a medium, I asked her if there was anything in the house and she said a little boy about five or six, wearing striped pajamas. Hair is you know wavy and not short but not long, and I was like, Yep, that's him.
0: (laughs) The part about objects appearing, the carpenter's nails in her shoes, reminds me of a kind of funny story that happened to me. I was living on Harvard Street in Toronto, and walking towards Bloor Street along Brunswick Avenue with a girlfriend. We were at Sussex Avenue when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a toonie fell from the sky. For non-Canadians listening in, a toonie is our $2 coin. This is officially called a toonie. There was a man walking on the other side of the street and he shouted out, What just happened? I bent over and picked up the toonie off the ground that had fallen about a foot or two in front of us. Looking around, there was no one else in sight. Except the other man. No open windows. No one on a roof. Fell out of nowhere. You'd have to have a supernatural throwing arm to be able to hawk a coin from some backyard 100 meters up to the sky. And why? I was pretty confused, but at the same time, I'd experienced a variety of more unpleasant alternative phenomena. Things going missing. I'd had money disappear from my wallet. Since doing this show, I've learned that coins appearing is a regularly documented supernatural phenomena especially common around the passing of a loved one. Have you ever had a coin mysteriously appear? This next story is all about items appearing. It was shared over the phone from Monica in Montreal.
3: The apartment that I live in now, I just moved in a few years ago. It's in LaSalle, it's in Montreal. And I've never had anything like this happen to myself in any other apartment. This apartment's kind of weird. It's made strange. I have the main floor in a basement, and the basement's honestly pretty creepy. Like, I hate going down there at night already, you know? I used to work in this bar, and I'd get home at like three in the morning. And then the first time it happened, I came home pretty late at night, and I had a a pit bull at the time. She was older, and I'd go downstairs in the basement to let her out in the backyard. And I noticed there was a dart, you know, like a playing dart, that was stuck in the steps, in the wooden steps on the way outside. So it kind of freaked me out, but I thought maybe, because sometimes I had friends come over, you know, after work and this and that, so I thought maybe somebody's playing a prank. trying to, like, explain it to myself. Anyway, so I took the dart out, and it really creeped me out. It's like when I saw it, this whole weird vibe came along with it. So I took the dart and I kept it. I put it in this bag in my bathroom just because it was so strange. It happened three more times around the same area. I'd come home from work and there would be another dart in the floor, maybe not in the stairs, but a little bit closer to the kitchen or whatever, but it would always be stuck in, like stabbed in the floor. So I kept them all. After the first time, I made sure that I knew who was coming in and out of the house. At a certain point, I was like, maybe someone's like breaking in my back door to mess with me, you know? Plus my backyard. There's no alley, there's no gate. My backyard is completely fenced in. There's no walkway in the back. It touches the other people's backyard. You would have to hop over five backyards to get to mine. There's like pools and everything. And I'd find them at different times. It wouldn't just be at night. The fifth one, it was crazy. This is the weirdest one because it was in the middle of the day and I was home alone with my daughter. And we were playing upstairs in my bedroom on the main floor. Everything was normal. I'd been there all day and I would have noticed. But all of a sudden I look and there's a dart stuck in the floor right beside my bed. time I would check and make sure it wasn't one of the same darts from before. And it wasn't, it was another one. And that's the last time it happened. It's been maybe three years.
0: Have you ever heard the story of Ensign Miner?
3: I don't think so. It doesn't sound
0: familiar. It's a local ghost story. It's not like it's real or anything, but it's one that I've heard a lot of times told around campfires. It's an Ontario ghost story. And the reason I bring it up, he's a farmer who has gangrene and he dies and he comes back and he haunts his family and he kills all the children. It's pretty ridiculous. One of them, he kills them with darts.
3: Wow, I've never heard that. You know, I've told a couple people about this, not many, because I, I find it sounds ridiculous. And I had one of my friends say, "Oh, maybe there was a professional dart player murdered in your house." You know, I'm like, "Okay, very far-fetched."
0: Maybe somewhere in the world is a dartboard, and every once in a while, someone throws a dart at it, and the dart just disappears, and they never know where it went. This next story from Cynthia in Smiths Falls, Ontario, pretty well, literally fits the description of the poltergeist as a noisy spirit. When I was 12, we moved into
4: what seemed like a really nice house. It was on a dead-end street, not a lot of traffic, perfect for a family with four kids. My parents moved into it because it was really cheap rent, apparently only $400 a month, which is crazy for a gigantic four-bedroom house. Shortly after that, weird things started happening at night at the beginning. We would wake up to our stereos turning on, blaring. My parents would always yell at us, thinking that we're turning our stereos on in the middle of the night. And then one day, we were all sitting downstairs, and all of a sudden, the stereo turned on and just turned up full blast. We all looked at my mom and yelled, you That happened frequently, the whole stereo thing. But then one night, I was home alone with my friends, And I was like, okay, my parents are going to be home soon. I should probably go turn off the lights upstairs. They would be mad if all the lights were left on. So I went upstairs, all the lights were already off, which I thought was kind of weird because I knew they were on. And then so as I was like glancing from left to right, I got to the right and then all of a sudden I saw this tall shadow figure just staring at me. And then of course I screamed. I went running down the stairs and our dog went running up the stairs and would not leave the top of the stairs. She just stood there growling and barking. So I stayed downstairs waiting for my parents to get home. And then my dad, of course, decided to play a little prank on us, not knowing what had happened, and banged on the window right beside us and scared the crap out of us. Oh, my sister actually, she told me that she saw the shadow figure as well. One night she went to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And as she came out of the bathroom, she saw this man standing at the top of the steps going up to the attic, same shadow figure just standing there staring at her. So she slowly went back into the bathroom thinking if she went back out, he would be gone. He wasn't, so she ran past him just to go into the bedroom. I don't know if someone moved in shortly after us, because I'm pretty sure there was someone that moved in, but I know for sure it's still vacant and it's been that way for years now. I'm pretty sure that whole block, actually, every single house has someone living in it. So that's the only house on that block that doesn't have anyone living in it. Oh, that place just creeped me right out.
0: (laughs) The shadowy figures that Cynthia described are seen all over the world. Something for a future episode, perhaps. If you have an unexplained supernatural story of your own and would like to tell it on the show, you can visit supernaturalstories.ca and the webpage redirects you to our Facebook page where you can send a message. The stories in this episode were submitted in response to a sponsored Facebook post which I make Canada-wide. If you'd like to help support me making more episodes of the show, you can contribute small payments of a buck or two or five or anything at our Patreon page, which is patreon.com supernaturalstories, patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, And that's a page which supports podcasters and entertainers, helping with our costs in order to bring the show to the public for free. Or even better, tell someone about the show, share it on your Facebook. The more people who hear about it, the more stories can be shared. I made a post for the Ottawa area and got in touch with Kale.
5: Like a few years back, my parents had gone on a vacation, so it was just my sister and I in the house when I was trying to go to sleep around two o'clock in the morning. I could hear somebody walking back and forth on the top floor. When I got up to see what was going on, there was nothing there. So I figured like, I'll just take a shower and whatever. And when I got in the shower, I could hear it again. So I got out of the shower and went to go lay down again and I could still hear it. I got up to walk around the house to see what was going on. And I walked down into my living room to close the curtains. When I was walking out of the living room, the box that was sitting perfectly fine had fallen over behind me. When I went back upstairs to talk to my sister, we could hear footsteps downstairs in the living room. We went to the basement, and then things started falling behind us in the basement when we went to go back upstairs.
0: Did the footprints keep you up that night? Did you get to sleep?
5: We actually ended up leaving the house. I think it was like 3.30 at that point, and we just kind of took off and went to an all-night diner
0: so did you have any other stories
5: the same weekend that my parents were gone i had some friends over we heard something like boots dropping at our front door so i thought that my other friend had got up and went outside but he texted me he said is that you upstairs and i said no i'm in bed we all got up and went to go see one of my friend's boots was at the front door and the other one was at the back door
0: After talking with Kale, I got a message from her twin sister, Kala. She'd overheard us, and she wondered if she could phone, and we could talk, and she could share some of her own stories. Hi, Kala? Yes, hi. Hi, my name's Cal. So we've got a bunch of Kale, Kala, and Kale names going on here. Thought it would be a good time to hear your stories that you wanted to share.
6: Kale says you're going to have a field day with them. First one would have been when I was younger. I would say about five or six. My bunk bed was, like, impossibly tall at the time. Couldn't sleep that night. I felt like there was something watching me. When I looked, there was some woman at the end of the bed, standing on the ladder there, looking at me. She kind of looks like a picture that I've seen of my great-grandmother when she was younger. And she kind of nodded and just vanished. Late teens, I'd moved out of the room my sister and I had shared, and I was sleeping in the living room. It was about the middle of summer, and the AC just doesn't reach the living room. The area around my bed is really hot, and possibly so. At one point, we had two cats here. My cat, Loki, one night I couldn't sleep, decided to lock her in a separate room to try and sleep. I sat up and kind of just sat into this area of coldness, sort of freezing. I thought nothing of it. Like, okay, yay, AC's around. Went and picked up my cat, went and locked her in the bathroom, and when I came back, my bed was away from the wall and my pillows and stuff all over the ground. I do like and slept in the patient that night. A couple of months after that, I was out in my backyard... My was, I don't know where, and my parents were at work. There was a banging on the back sliding door from the inside. Came into the living room, looked around, nothing, looked around the house. All the doors were locked except for the door I came in. My parents' room was wide open, but I know the door was closed when I went out. My mom came home a few hours later and she went upstairs and then she asked me why her jewelry box was open why our late grandmother's earrings were on the dresser. A few years after that one, too, I woke up and got ready for school and stuff. Went to school. Time for first break, so about 10 o'clock, went outside and had to smoke with some of my friends. My friends were assholes back then, so I had felt a burning sensation on my back, thinking, okay, it's one of them holding a the lighter there again. But of course, it wasn't. So... Later in the day, in the afternoon, I skipped school with a bunch of friends. My sister called me saying the house was on fire.
0: Did the house get saved? Did the firefighters put out the fire?
6: Well, yeah, the firefighters put out the fire. The fire had licked its way into my room. Oh my God. After the reconstruction, I had gotten a new room and my door would randomly open even if I had heavy items in front of the door. My closet door would randomly slide open at times. After the fire, we had stayed in the minto place downtown here in Ottawa. There was a bunch of weird things, like we'd hear things in the kitchen, like pots and pans moving. Last year, after we moved back into the house, I was sitting in my garage having a smoke. It was probably two in the morning. All of a sudden, I heard something behind me, thinking it was my sister or my dad trying to scare me. I turned around to see who it was, and I had no one there. <laughs> Then I started hearing knocking on the garage door, and I felt as though someone had grabbed my shoulder. When I looked again, there was no one there. Feeling freaked out, I went back inside to see if anybody had been knocking on the door, but everyone was asleep. There's one that Kale always talked about.
0: Okay, I'll have to maybe ask her about it.
6: Well, she's right here. she you want to talk to her. <laughs> Hi again. Hello again. Just after talking about some stuff, you know, like you realize things that you've forgotten. Mm -hmm. There was one time where my mom had asked me to go up into the attic because we were having drops, cold temperature, water condensation coming from the attic. I had turned the flashlight one way and I turned the flashlight the other way and right in the beam of the flashlight was an old man staring at me. I have never scrambled down a ladder so fast. One time I came out around 3, 3.30 for a smoke at night, looked down at her window, seeing the light on, thinking she was still awake. When I looked in her window, there was that man staring at me through the window.
0: The last story comes from Jose in Montreal, Quebec. If you haven't heard the previous show, Episode 4, Death Part 2, go back and check it out after because her stories about her true premonitions of three separate deaths are truly supernatural.
7: A couple of years ago, I was in my 20s. I was living with my parents in a condominium. In that condominium, there's been a few deaths, you know, and suicides and stuff like that. One night I was sleeping. I woke up, looked at the door. The door of my bedroom was closed, and I could see a man standing there. It kind of woke me up, and I see this man, and I'm thinking, oh, I must be dreaming. So I'm wiping my eyes and trying to figure out what this is, and the man is still standing there just looking at me. It was a very tall figure with a white robe. It had glasses, and it looked like my dad. So I said, hey, dad, is that you? What are you doing there? The figure wasn't saying anything. But I realized it was all, like, white, and I could almost see through it. I said, Dad, is that you? What are you doing there, standing there? The thing wasn't talking. So then I realized, oh, my gosh, it looks like a ghost. As soon as I thought the word ghost, this thing started floating on the side of my bed, on the right side of my bed. And as it moves, it made this strange... Loud sound in my ear, like a pshhh. almost like you know when you listen into a big shell and you you kind of hear waves. It sounded something like that in my ear, and very loud. So I freaked out. So I took my bed sheets and pulled them over my head. <laughs> I was scared. I really panicked. And I stayed like that underneath the, my, my bed sheets for about maybe 10 minutes, freaking out, so afraid of looking, thinking, What just happened? Asking myself a lot of questions and thinking, Am I still dreaming? Am I awake? No, I'm awake. I pinched myself and I kept saying to myself, No, this is actually real. I'm moving, I'm in my bed. I really saw this thing, I really heard that noise. To me, it was obvious I had just seen a ghost. After I calmed down, after a little while, I pulled down the bed sheet a little bit and peeked out to see, and the thing was gone. And so I just came out went out of my bedroom and then went back to bed later on. So after that, I had a little bit of a hard time sleeping in my bedroom for a while. I know this was real. I know I saw what I saw and I wasn't dreaming. I was wide awake, (laughs) I swear.
0: (laughs) I got a lot of shivers from your story.
7: <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I I feel all nervous just talking about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I I you know I have a friend. She calls me the witch because <laughs> I told her all of my stories and uh, because you know like I said, you know I, I've had a few things happening to me and paranormal and stuff and. Uh, <laughs> She says, oh, you freak me out, you know? <laughs> Anyways, because she's about the only person who believes me when I tell her a tall story. I can tell you another quick story if you want. The apartment where I live right now is the same building where my father died. I live in the same condo complex as my mom. In this apartment where I live right now, there's been many weird things going on. And once I saw him... <laughs> a sponge there that was on the table. It didn't roll down or anything. It actually, it, it jumped about six inches in the air off of the table and fell on the floor. It wasn't on the edge of the table, it was like in the middle. It was as if somebody took it and threw it up in the air and it fell on the ground. It happened right in front of me, in front of my eyes. And I thought, holy crap, I'm not gonna say the real word I said. And often in the first year, about three times that I can remember, I would wake up in the morning and my light on my desk, it was turned on. I have another light in my dining room that kept going on and off. And one day I was looking at a program on paranormal stuff on TV and somebody said, if you think your house is haunted or something and you're not really afraid but it's bothering you because they're doing all these these tricks on you, they're trying to scare you or something, talk to them and tell them. You stop that now. I'm not scared, and I'm not going anywhere. So I did that. Well, believe it or not, the activity stopped.
0: I believe it because I went through... um, I had things disappear. I had a couple things disappear. Oh, yeah? And... It became a bit much. Yeah. I heard that same advice about you say out loud to the spirit, it's okay if you come here, but stop scaring the people who I know. Stop, you know, annoying me by taking my things.
7: Yeah, that's what I did. I said, hey, whoever you are, I don't know what you're doing if you're trying to scare me, but you stop that because I'm not scared and I'm not going anywhere. This isn't my house now. So stop trying. It's not going to work. Well nothing happened for like five years. But now I'll be moving out and something did happen to my daughter actually. My seventeen year old daughter was freaking out about three months ago. She was sitting in the living room and I was in my bedroom watching TV. At exactly eleven eleven at night I heard a noise and she yelled Mom and I remember I looked at the clock and it was eleven eleven. And I said, what, what's going on? She says, do you know that brush from the vacuum that's on the table? I said, yeah. She says, it just flew off of the table and it fell on the ground. I said, what? She says, mom, it wasn't on the edge of the table. It was like smack in the middle of the table and it just flew off and fell on the floor. <laughs> and it was 11, 11, exactly. I thought it was kind of strange also, you know? I had never told my daughter about all these things that have happened here, you know?
0: up to their old business again
7: yeah but now i mean i had to tell her and i said to her well nothing has happened for a few years but in the beginning when we were here and you were like 10 11 years old stuff would happen to me all the time but i never told you because i didn't want you to be scared so i said now you're older and you've just experienced something yourself so now i'm going to tell you what's been going on so i haven't told her everything but now she knows But I said, don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared about. There's nothing evil here. I think it's just somebody playing tricks on us. You know, somebody having fun trying to scare us. They're just trying to be funny. So I'm not even scared anymore. I just think it's funny. And I can't wait for the next thing to happen.
0: Neither can I. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. The music featured in this show was by Acid Mother's Temple from Live at Monty Hall, Trez Tristis Tangos with De Bronx Tans, and E-Tech with Native Project from the album Shy Hope. The rest were original tracks composed for the show, because I am a musician, after all. If you want to contribute any small amount of money towards the production of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash supernatural stories. The funds can help pay for the sponsored posts and postering campaigns, which attract story submissions. If you have a story of your own to contribute, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca
1: or facebook.com slash supernaturalpodcast. Till next time.